Hey everyone, um, do you have life insurance? If not, it's probably something you should be thinking about, because um, it's a really important topic and something people often overlook. But you know, one of the things I found when I went in to get life insurance is I started looking at all the stuff that was covered and how much I was getting charged for life insurance, and it made me start to wonder whether the amount I was paying for my life insurance was subsidising the unhealthy lifestyles of the average person around me. And now there's this really cool insurance broker in America called Health IQ that if you're one of our American listeners, I definitely reckon you should check out. So Health IQ uses science and data to secure lower rates on life insurance for health-conscious people like listeners for that paleo show. That includes runners, cyclists, strength trainers, and more. With the majority of Health IQ customers saving between 4 and 33% on their life insurance, which is amazing. So if you're an American listener, see if you qualify and get your free quote today at healthiq.com forward slash paleo. Or mention the promo code PALIO when you talk to a Health IQ agent. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Sit back, light the fire, kick your shoes off, because it's time for That Paleo Show with your favorite caveman, Brett Hill. Welcome to That Paleo Show, making the paleo lifestyle easy and accessible for everyone. I'm Dr. Brett Hill, and this week I'm joined by Aaron Farmer. Aaron has an amazing story to share with us, and and perhaps even more amazing before and after pictures to share with us, which I'm I'm sure I'll uh, post some links to on the the show notes as well. Um, But he uh, says that he was always a fat kid, fat in junior high, fat in high school, fat in his wedding pictures, and got fatter as the years went on. He eventually surpassed the weight that his scales were able to measure, which was 250 pounds, and thought that maybe he was 20 pounds over that. Um, when he finally got around to measuring himself at the at the gym where he could measure higher weights, he realized he was actually 400 pounds, which for those in Australia is just under 200 kilos. Um, even more shockingly, he went to get his blood pressure measured and instead of being 120 over 80, it was something like 220 or perhaps even a little bit higher. Um, he tried various things to try and get his weight back in shape. Um, he watched fat, sick and nearly dead and decided to go on a juice fast, uh, through which he lost about 80 pounds, but wasn't particularly happy with the way he felt, uh, how hungry he was, and the strength that he had remaining. And it wasn't until he discovered Robert Lustig and started looking at the sugar in his diet that he really started to make a massive difference. So, Aaron, welcome to the show, mate. Hey, thank you, Dr. Hill. I'm glad, I'm glad you've uh, got me on. Oh, mate, it's going to be great. I'm looking forward to sharing this story. I'm, I'm always amazed by these kind of stories and these kind of transitions. So, Tell us a little bit about Aaron. How did we get to the stage where you were at 400 pounds? Well, you know, I have no idea. It just, uh, you know, weight weight creeps on. Uh, I've always been a, a fat kid, like you said, uh, just growing up fat, got married fat, and uh, but not 400 pounds fat. I just slowly, slowly, slowly got uh, got fatter, and I've, you know, I've done different. I'd always done different things to try to lose weight, but. Um, you know, nothing ever stuck. Um, the, the one that, the one that I actually like invested a lot of time and energy and you mentioned, uh, watching fat sick and nearly dead. And I thought, Oh, I'm, I'm going to go on this juice fast. And, you know, I watched that documentary. I had Amazon prime at the time. So we primed a, uh, 
um, a juicer. It was, you know, it was in the house the next day. Bought a bunch of uh, fruits and vegetables and was juicing. And that, uh, you know, you lose a lot of weight when you don't eat solid food. Uh, I probably didn't eat solid food for a month to six weeks and uh, was lost a lot of weight, but had no energy. I was, you know, sleeping and napping and, uh, was trying to work out too. And I remember specifically this one time that, uh, I was swimming laps and I just, I did not have enough strength to put my arm back over my head for another stroke. And I just kind of laid there, floated there in the pool and, uh, got my strength back together enough to, to get to the edge of the pool and pull myself out and, and just go home. And, and, uh, that was when I, I threw a, um, a chicken breast in the, <laughs> uh, in the frying pan and, and just, just had to have some, some food, some protein. And, uh, that was pretty much the end of that. And of course, as soon as you quit something like that, the, the weight all comes rushing back, uh, you know, as, as fast as you, as fast as you took it off really. And, uh, that was, this was the story of my life. Just these long cycles of, of, uh, desperately trying to lose weight, uh, followed up by, um, you know, a time when you're just kind of, well, I'm I'm just meant to be fat. This is, this is who I'm, this is who I am. And there's nothing that, that I can do to fix it because nothing that I tried worked long term. Yeah. And I mean, you make it sound very, uh, you know, very normal as in like, Getting to 400 pounds, you sort of like, well, it was just, you know, it just happened. Um, and I guess for someone like me, I always find that hard to understand. Um, and, and I mean that in the nicest possible way, but because I was one of those annoying people when I was younger where I would kind of just eat rubbish and not really put on weight, you know, whereas other people mm-hmm. have such vastly different metabolisms. So, you know, was there anything extraordinary you were doing that led you to end up at 400 pounds or was it really just, you know, the standard American diet? No, uh, I don't think I was doing anything particularly, um, you know, out of the ordinary other than, um, you know, I would eat fast food five or six times a week, you know, you know, that was, it was a normal lunch. You're out running around, you just grab some, some McDonald's or something. And, uh, I mean, I'd switched over to diet drinks. I'd switched over to diet Coke because, you know, I thought that was healthier than, than, you know, the full sugar Cokes and, and, um, you know, I had taken what I thought were small steps towards, you know, my health, but, you know, weight creeps, you know, weight just creeps. And, um, you know, it took me, took me 40 years basically to get, to get to 400 pounds, but it just, it just creeps on and you, you take small steps to try to get it off. But, uh, when you have a metabolism as, as torn up as mine and, uh, you know, I had four kids, um, you're trying to get them raised and, and, uh, and, uh, you just, you just don't have time to take care of yourself. I try to exercise, maybe walk around the block a bit, but you know, I, I just didn't know then what I know now, which is small amounts of exercise, walking around the block, whatever is, is just nothing. Uh, when you're, um, looking at the, the sheer number of calories and the sheer number of carbohydrates that you're consuming. And like most Typical Americans, we would have, you know, carbohydrates with every meal. We'd have bread, you know, a side of bread and, uh, you know, eat the bread before the meal to, to fill you up uh, so you don't, you know, eat, you don't eat that, uh, all that, that fatty steak and everything because that's what's really going to do harm. And, you know, chips and salsa every time you went to the Mexican restaurants and, you know, sides of French fries with, with every meal at, yeah, at the fast food places and, 
just, you know, a little bit on top of a little bit on top of a little bit. And then one day you look down and it's a, uh, you know, it's a hockey stick type growth in, in your, in your weight. You, you, you don't put the weight on linearly. I probably put 150 pounds on that last 10 years. Um, just because, uh, once you really, really wreck your metabolism, your body can't, you, you know, you, you, you eat even a little bit of carbohydrates, your body just doesn't have any place to put it. Um, there's no fat cells left, uh, that, or there's no way to burn off the, the, the uh, sugar, what you put it in your body. So there's nothing to, there's no, there's nothing to do, but just find new and interesting places to store fat on your body. Um, and this is why weird things like, uh, you know, I had to get my wedding ring stretched out I think four times over the years because it just got so tight. It was just because number one, I was swollen uh, with all this inflammation. But number two, you know, I'd, I'd run out of normal places to store fat. My body was storing fat on my fingers because there was just no place around my midsection, no place around my uh, my torso to, you know, to store it. I, I'd look down at my feet and my my, my toes would be fat. Because I just had run out of, of places to put it, my body was just packing fat on where wherever it could. And ever, I know now that every meal I was eating, I was just making the problem worse because there was no, there was no exit. There was no way to 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 get that fat off of my body uh, in any meaningful way. So the only other thing that you know my body could do was just store it in in odd places. Yeah, and, and it's phenomenal, and I think it's so important for people to understand that, that it, that it really was, you know, not an extraordinary diet by by our modern definition anyway of, of, you know, what an extraordinary diet is. You know, it really is stuff that people would consume every day or every week uh, Absolutely. all around America, all around Australia, because, you know, we're really not much different over here either. And so, um, you know, it, it's phenomenal to think that that, that can just keep creeping up and creeping up and, and like you said, uh, accelerate as it gets worse, which is probably a great lesson for people when they're starting to notice that that's happening, that, you know, the sooner you do something about it, particularly when you start thinking about those, that metabolic derangement that occurs, yeah. you know, the, the sooner you do something about it, definitely the easier it makes it for you, doesn't it? The, yeah, it's it, the... The older you get, um, the uh, the damage that you're doing to your metabolism, you know, adds up over time, and it just gets worse and worse and worse. So, yeah, definitely. Those of you that are listening, if you can do something about this, you know, when you're young, fantastic. But I would like to say, because I, I I spend a lot of my days talking to middle aged, you know, forty plus. That's what I am. Yeah. Um, you know, older men and women is that it's it's really it's honestly never too late. Um, you can do a lot of uh, a lot of good uh, as you know, even later into life. Like my mother-in-law is, um, well, she just turned eighty-nine last week, but um, she lives with us. And when she was eighty-seven or so, uh, she she was having some health problems, and uh, I, I finally just sat down with her and told her that uh, we were. We were going to put her on the same type of diet that that we were on, and uh, that it was going to take some uh, it was going to take some changes because she was on you know her typical doctor recommended diet of you know she was scared to death of avocados and eggs and everything, and I I finally you know sat her down and said no, we're going to, we're going to do this, and it took a it took probably a longer adjustment period for her than it did for any of us because she was older, um, but now. 
you know, it's probably a year and a half later, I want to say, maybe two years later. I I forget exactly when we did this, but she's she's lost weight. Uh, In fact, pretty significant amount of weight. She's uh, begging her doctor to take her off of her uh, blood pressure medication because she just doesn't need it. And, um, in fact, uh, her blood pressure is a rock steady uh 130 over i forget what the bottom number is like 90 or something like that and it's just that all the time and uh in fact she told her doctor she just stopped taking her medication because she felt she didn't need it and um a couple other things like that so you know even if you're older um this type of diet really works uh because it's it's an optimal diet for human beings and it doesn't really matter how old you are yeah, that's great. And so it is such an important point to remember that that regardless of what the age is, it you can make a difference, you know. Mm-hmm. Um I'd love to talk to you about body image, Aaron, because um you know, how what was your body image like uh when you were back at 400 pounds? You know, I've I've spoken to people I've interviewed on the show who were quite happy yet at a heavier weight. You know, it, it wasn't affecting them, yeah, you know, mentally and emotionally. Other people it seems to really affect a lot. You know, how were you yeah. mentally and emotionally at that stage? Yeah, I read an article years ago that one of the differences between men and women is that uh, women will routinely uh, go into bouts of depression uh, when they have puffy ankles, where men can, um, you know, have uh, stomachs big enough to, you know, to land air airplanes on, and uh, we're we're perfectly fine with it. And that was totally something that uh, that I experienced. I was I was pretty fine with uh, with the way that I looked. Um, my wife was heavy too. We were both kind of heavy together and, uh, we, uh, were, I mean, she, and she would be very upset about her weight and was, was all constantly trying to do stuff. And I would try to do stuff to lose weight too, but mostly just to kind of make her happy. But, um, as far as body image goes, I was, you know, I was, I was, I was pretty okay with, with what I was seeing. It wasn't until I saw numbers, you know what I mean? It wasn't until I saw biomarkers and, and was able to connect those biomarkers with health, uh, outcomes that I was like, Oh, huh, this is, this is probably not good. Uh, the big one being my, my blood pressure. Um, just, let's talk about my blood pressure for a minute. Um, on a normal day, just no stress, not really doing anything. On a normal day, uh, at any point in time that you would measure my blood pressure, it would be 200 over uh, like 120 or 130, uh, just as a matter of course. And routinely, I would go into uh, like health clinics or something, and they would measure my blood pressure, and they would tell me to leave. They just didn't want me in there because uh, my blood pressure was so high. They were pretty sure that I was going to um, just drop dead of a heart attack at, at any time. And um, in fact, on multiple occasions, I was refused treatment uh, at these little health clinics and told that uh, that I had two choices. Either I needed to walk out the door on my own power or they were going to call me an ambulance and take me to the hospital. Well, I never went to the hospital. because Well, I did a couple times, but... Um, I, I generally didn't go to the hospital because I know the hospital couldn't do anything. Um, I have a, I had a very stubborn type of blood pressure where you could put me on the strongest blood pressure medication possible, and it might drop my blood pressure twenty points. Um, it just nothing that anyone did uh, would would make it would make it go down. It was just very 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 stubborn. And and when I saw that number, uh, I just knew that I wasn't 
too long for this world. Uh, the chances of me having a heart attack or having a stroke were, were pretty high. You, you can't be 40, um, 40 years old and have a blood pressure of you know 200 or 220 or whatever and survive at, at that level for, for too long. And in fact, at one point in time, um, I had paramedics to, to do my blood pressure, and it was – it was 237 over uh, – I forget what the bottom number was. And the, there was two paramedics, and they looked at me. They looked at the number. They looked at each other. And they looked back at me, and they, were, they thought, um, this is you know, this is not something that is a normal blood pressure. When you're looking at numbers that are double what, uh, what the goal is, um, it's, it's not good for anyone. And um, it, it wasn't good for me. I, you know, I was I was terrified of, of what was going to happen. I've, I've I've really felt like I was on borrowed time. Now you've spoken about obviously your weight. Um, you said that your partner was you know in a similarish sort of situation. Um, I hope you don't mind me asking, but what about the kids? What about the rest of the family? Was, was this affecting them as well? You know, it's so funny um, now that because all the kids are older now. My youngest is is twenty years old. Hmm. Um, and um, so my oldest one has struggled, did not struggle with her weight when she was younger. Now, when she started having kids, um, she's kind of struggled with her weight. But uh, we always uh, kind of wonder at uh, kid number three because he's one of these, he's, you know, you probably have something in common. He's one of these kids that never had problems with food, could eat as much junk as he as he wanted, um, and still does eat as much junk as he wants, and is always real thin, never had any problems with his metabolism, never had any, you know, he's just someone that doesn't gain weight. Um, my oldest son and uh, my youngest son, actually, my oldest son, he probably goes up 20 pounds and then is able to get it back under control again. Uh, but he's a very fastidious kind of guy. He's, you know, he never wants to get, you know, too much one way or the other. Um, so he, he works hard to control his weight. Um, and my youngest has always been, been, you know, thin as well. So not really. And it wasn't really a problem when the kids were growing up. Um, they were just, you know, had were blessed with a, uh, I guess a youthful metabolism that would, that allowed them to, uh, to burn off, um, the, the, whatever food that we were, uh, cooking for them. Did you know that physically active people have a 56% lower risk of heart disease, 20% lower risk of cancer, and 58% lower risk of diabetes? Well, you probably did, because when you're one of my smart listeners on that paleo show, but that's compared to people who are inactive. Don't you think it makes sense then that if you're physically active, you should pay less for your life insurance? Health IQ thinks so. Like saving money on your car insurance for being a good driver, Health IQ saves you money on your life insurance for living a health-conscious life. So if you're in the United States, see if you qualify and get your free quote today at healthiq.com forward slash paleo. Or mention the promo code paleo when you talk to a Health IQ agent. Yeah. And so I guess then in terms of your decision to make changes and to want to lose weight, and, and I guess particularly for you, it was you know your blood pressure as well. Um, how much was, I guess, the health of your family a consideration for that? You know, were you starting to think, well, hey, if my blood pressure's up like this, you know, what am I doing to the kids? You know, how's this going to affect my wife? You know, was that a part of the decision for you in terms of wanting to make changes? So, my wife actually started losing weight before I did, and this was kind of one of the uh, one of the factors that went into uh, us starting this. So she, what happened to her is she um, 
hurt her leg. Uh, the dog ran out uh, from the front door and she stuck her leg out to try to catch it and just snapped her Achilles tendon. And so we went in to get that dealt with and the doctor said, uh, said, well, we can't operate on you right now because you have uncontrolled type 2 diabetes. And this was the first we'd heard of about this and he said you know you've uncontrolled type 2 diabetes you got to get your blood sugars under control before we can um before we can uh operate and at the time she was probably 100 pounds um, overweight and she said you know what um i'm not going to keep type 2 diabetes um and she what she did was uh a very strict portion control she uh you know ate four ounces of protein and uh, a very small bit of side um on her uh, on her meals um, three times a day, and that was all she ate. Uh, she just very, 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 very strictly portion control, and the weight uh, fell off of her pretty quick. Now I, I know now that uh, when you portion control like that, you're you're controlling your insulin levels. I mean that's that's it's it just it's just another way to get to the same result. Um, and that takes uh, a lot of discipline, though, doesn't it? Yeah, it takes a lot of discipline, and she had it. I couldn't have done that. I, you know, four ounces of protein, you know, three times a day, and forget yeah. that. I, I just, I wasn't no, into I'm that. Out. I'm out. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but she lost a lot of the weight, and I was like, oh my goodness. Um, so I thought, well, I really need to do this too, but I, I, I knew I couldn't do it the way that she was doing it, and that's what kind of led me on this journey to try to figure out, you know, is there something else? Is there some other way that I could do it? And I just kind of stumbled upon, I, like all in the same week or two, I stumbled upon a, a podcast. I don't know if you know um, Vinny Tortorich, but uh, listen to his podcast. And he he's all about no sugars and no grains. And at the same time, uh, he had mentioned Dr. Lustig's book, Fat Chance. And so I picked that up and was reading that. And both of these together, both of these influences together said, uh, kind of taught me that I, if I just cut out the sugar – then uh, I can start losing weight. And uh, so I cut out the sugar at first, and sure enough, I started losing weight. I said, oh, well, I wonder if I could speed this up. And then I cut out sugars and grains and you know starches, and that sped up the process. And then uh, eventually kind of slid into a, a, a ketogenic diet, and uh, that went well, well. And uh, what I'm doing now is a ketogenic diet with some uh, intermittent fasting. And I've been doing that since probably about the first of 2016. And all of these influences together uh, just got me to the point where I, uh, you know, I slowly lost the the 200 pounds and uh, piece by piece and inch by inch, you know, um, the weight started, the weight started coming off, the blood pressure started coming down. I was diagnosed with metabolic syndrome and that slowly went away. My blood lipid numbers got back into control and a little by little I was able to see these really big um these really big steps towards uh, towards health. My size 60 pants, uh, which I, I have no idea if Australians use the same numbers that uh, we Americans do, but basically my waist was 60, 60 inches around, which yep. are just these massive pants. Yeah. Same same and same measurements. Yeah. Same measurements. Okay. And um, the uh, to see those go down to like 45, and then 40, and then you know uh, down to uh, whatever it is now, which is something like 32s or maybe 34s. I forget. I forget That's which. Amazing. But uh, but I do know that I need to. I've I've gone through two belts. 
Um, and I was looking the other day, I'm on the last, uh, the last notch in the, in my last, in the last belt that I bought. So it's, it's time for a new belt now as well. And, um, it's probably time for a new pair of pants too, cause my pants are getting loose. So you just, you know, you, the, the weight comes off and you see these, you see these changes, um, over and over and over, um, little by little, you see these huge changes happen. And, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a big believer in just doing what you need to do to lower your insulin levels. And I, I really think that's the key. There's, there's other factors, there's other things that, uh, that can go into it. But man, if you don't do anything other than just get your insulin levels low, if you're morbidly obese and you're trying to, you're trying to, to conquer that particular de- Work on getting your ins, keeping your insulin levels chronically low. Uh, you're going to see some huge, huge benefits. It doesn't all come off at once. I can, I can tell you, it took me th- uh, three and a half years, uh, almost four years, to lose uh, 200 pounds and to fix all of the other issues that uh, I was struggling with. But um, it um, uh, it works. You know, it, it works if you, if you just allow that. Uh, uh, that ins- those insulin levels to come down and let your body fix itself. Yeah, and I guess it's important to understand that that kind of uh, flies in the face of a lot of advice people will get around their insulin levels. You know, people are commonly told to go on, you know, an insulin controlling diet, which means having, um, you know, sugars and carbs on a regular basis in order to stop their uh, insulin from, from, you know, spiking and troughing and that sort of stuff. And so, you know, people are often told to eat carbs in or- on a regular basis in order to keep their insulin levels constant um but what you're talking about is totally different to that yeah basically you know there is when it comes to um when it comes to your health there are three organs that you really need to uh or it comes to weight loss i guess you should say there are three organs that you really need to focus on and remove the stress from them it's your pancreas it's your liver and it's your adrenals and if you can just work on reducing the stress on those three organs you're gonna you're gonna have some some big success in your in your weight um, and when we're talking about your pancreas, it's just your pancreas's job is, is to secrete insulin. So if you can give your pancreas as little as possible to do and just, get, you know, throughout the day that it just puts out a very basal, uh, you know, uh, amount of insulin, a very, you know, small amount that, uh, that you kind of need to, to survive, but don't make it you know, put out insulin to cover these huge spikes of, of blood sugar that you're putting into your body. Um, you're gonna, you're gonna have some big changes in the way that your body looks because you're just, you're giving your pancreas a break. You're, you're not, especially if you have type two diabetes, you've worn out your pancreas at this point, you know, you've just blown it out. And you've probably killed some beta cells, and it's probably not as healthy. You know, it's probably not as able to do its job as as it was ten years ago. Well, give it a break. You know, stop stop eating those carbohydrates that uh, that are are forcing it to continue to put out insulin, and just let it rest and see what happens to your body. Uh, and then when it comes to your liver, you know, your your liver is really really good at processing dietary fat, and it's really good at processing carbohydrates. But it's terrible at processing both at the same time, and um, you it basically has to pick and choose. It can it can process the fat that you're eating or process the carbohydrates, but if you try to make it do both at the same time, it just it just can't do that. 
that. It, it, it has a hard time. So this is why, you know, eating a standard American diet that's high in both fat and carbohydrates will lead to non-alcoholic fatty liver disease and all kinds of, you know, elevated liver enzymes and everything. You're just asking it to do too much. So pick one, you know, um, and this is why, this is why vegans lose weight and they're, they're eating foods that are spiking their insulin, but they'll, typically lose weight because they're reducing the stress on on their liver because they're not eating any dietary fat. Now, if you're a vegan long term, boy, that leads to some really odd uh, nutritional deficiencies. So I definitely wouldn't recommend it. But for weight loss, it works. Um, but, you know, and it's because you're reducing that, that stress in your liver. So do, you know, Get a diet that that focuses on all three of those, that focuses on uh, reducing the stress on your pancreas, reducing the stress on your liver, and then reduce the stress on your adrenals by controlling your stress and your cortisol levels and, you know, whatever that is, meditation, exercise, whatever it is that, that'll, that'll do that. And you're going to see some really, really, really huge, huge success because your, the, your weight loss is controlled more by hormones than it is calories. And if you can just get your your hormones into, uh, into, into place, especially your, your liver enzymes, your, your insulin output, your, uh, cortisol levels and, st- and stress hormones and get all those back where they should be. Your body can go, Oh, okay. I can, I can start fixing myself. I can start repairing the damage that has been done and you're going to see, you're going to see huge results. So let's talk a bit about sugar because I think it's really important to have this conversation. You know, I know my father-in-law has just gone on a low-carb diet and, and one of the things he's found is he's just, you know, it's amazing to start looking at where sugar is. And I think a lot of people, um, you know, think of sugar, they think of table sugar, you know, but they don't necessarily have the understanding of just how much sugar is in how many products. I mean, I think it's gotten better over the last five or ten years, but I still think a lot of people don't realize how much just everyday products, how much sugar actually exists in them. Um, you know, mm. what what were the biggest surprises and shocks for you when you started figuring this out? Well, I'll never forget the 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 first time I realized that I was in uh, I was in trouble because I didn't understand where the sugar was, and um, so this was my first sugar-free meal. And at this time, I was just cutting out sugar. So my first sugar-free meal, I'd worked hard on it. And I forget what the whole meal was. It was probably hamburgers. But the side dish that I made was I I had baked some french fries. So this is before I really understood about insulin levels. But I had baked some french fries. So it was going to be sugar-free. And and, uh, I had the little jar of garlic salt in the uh, pantry. And I picked that up and sprinkled some garlic salt on my – on my French fries, and I thought, you know what? I really need to get into the habit of reading the uh, the ingredients of everything that that uh, that I that I eat. And so, as I'm kind of eating the French fries, I pick the garlic salt up and I turn it over and read the uh, and read the ingredients, and was shocked to see that the ingredients were uh, salt. Gar, uh, I'm sorry, salt, sugar, and then garlic powder. So garlic wasn't even, you know, it was the last ingredient. And I thought, <clears throat> oh my goodness, they're putting sugar in the uh, in my seasoning. And then I went uh, and I started pulling out all of the the different seasonings that I had in the pantry, and I ended up having to th- because almost every seasoning blend that I had that I had purchased had sugar in uh, in it as one of the uh, as one of the ingredients. Now I don't know if that if they're using sugar as a filler because it's cheaper than garlic and salt, um, 
or if if they're thinking that it's changing the flavor profile or I, I don't I don't know why they do that but um, I found it you know uh, really difficult to find um, to find seasoning in fact I don't even use seasoning blends anymore because they're they're so tricky um, because a lot of them here in the states at least have sugar added as uh, as a um, as an ingredient I thought and that was really the the first time I that was the first time I realized how pervasive it was, and that kind of led me on a you know for years now you know I uh, I don't eat anything that I don't read the ingredient you know the ingredient list for and and uh, now I'm much better about recognizing because sugar has about a billion different names yeah uh, recognizing what all those names of sugar in but the uh, the easiest way to do that is if you uh, uh, if you want to eat something and you turn it over and you read the ingredients list on the back, if it has an ingredients list, just put it back down. Um, <laughs> it's just not, you know, the chances of, of it having a uh, having some kind of sugar added are, are pretty pretty good. If it has an ingredients list, you'd be much better off just sticking with whole ingredients, you know, vegetables, um, meat, mostly meat, <laughs> a lot of meat, uh, dairy, and uh, you know, products that are uh, that are one or maybe maybe two ingredients uh, and if you want something that is uh, a more processed type of food uh, get an ingredient or get a uh, get a recipe and make it yourself so uh, there's a lot of things that I eat that are they're just really easy to make myself you know if I want pickles um, I have a I have a way to make pickles you know if I want sauerkraut I have a way to make sauerkraut if I want um, Oh, mayonnaise. Uh, I have a way to make mayonnaise. Although I have to say that um, about six months ago, I discovered Paleo Kitchen mayonnaise and, or Primal Kitchen mayonnaise, and that might be the greatest product that has ever been invented. <laughs> um, that is so good. Uh, so if anyone out there hasn't tried Primal Kitchen mayonnaise, oh, y- y- you got to try it. And uh, the Primal Kitchen ranch dressing too, because I've I've gone without ranch dressing for a long time because it's impossible to find a ranch dressing that doesn't have like canola oil in it or something. But the Primal Kitchen ranch dressing and the Primal Kitchen, uh, just I'm a, I'm a huge fan uh, of those products, and I, I think that they're I think they're amazing, and um, so uh, so they you know I've discovered a few kind of processed products like the Primal Kitchen, you know things uh, over the years that that I'll eat, but mostly mostly if I want a if I want a food that requires a little bit more work, I, I'll just put that work into my food and, and yeah. make it myself from from whole ingredients. And I think that's something that definitely gets easier and better as time goes on. You know when you first start. On any sort of diet, you know, you sort of almost have to chuck out all your old recipes, all your old go-to, mm-hmm. you know, ingredients that you used to use. But over time, you just gradually start finding more and more and, and often easier and easier recipes to make those those basics. And I know for you, bread was a big one. Um, yeah, we're almost out of time, but I'd love you to just talk quickly about bread because that was a big one for you, I think. And, and for a lot of people, they miss their bread. So, what did you do in, in that space? Well, at the beginning, I'll tell you what I did was I found <laughs> I found a um, a recipe for a bread that didn't use any fructose in it, um, that used uh, oh, some kind of malt, something or another, so, but it was just a glucose agent to to help the uh, yeast rise. Yeah, and bought a bought a bread machine, and and we were making this sugar free bread, you know, for for a long time, and uh, eventually I was like, you know, when I when I really discover that it's not it's not so much the sugar as it is the insulin and while it's great that I had cut the 
the sugar out of the bread. It's you know the grains in the bread were causing our, our own issues, and we kind of had to put our our bread maker up on a shelf, and we haven't <laughs> used it in a couple of years. But okay. my wife makes a a really really good uh, loaf of bread that is uh, mostly almond meal. And I'm trying to think of the. I, I couldn't tell you the the recipe to save my life, but it's it's a really tasty loaf of bread, and we don't eat it very often. Um, but uh, about once a month or so, she'll we'll go buy some almond meal and make some um, make a loaf of bread, and that's what she has with her uh, with her breakfast every once in a while because it 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 holds up to you know butter and and uh, holds up to toasting and things like that. In fact, um, that you know almond meal products like that are. Uh, uh, are are pretty pretty handy substitutes for uh, for bread. In fact, tonight, as soon as I get off the uh, the call with you, um, I'm gonna go mix some almond meal with a couple eggs and some cheddar cheese and f- mash it out flat and make some fat uh, fathead pizza because uh, <laughs> I've got my grandson here tonight. So there are always things that you can do uh, so if you cool. really really want bread. There are there are breads that you can make that uh, that won't make that won't make you fat. That's so cool and, and I love the fact that you're inspiring the next generation and able to share that with them now too. So um, it's awesome to think that you're now getting you know not only the kids but even the grandkids involved in the journey. So hey, uh, listen Aaron, this episode is going to come out just after uh, the start of the new year. It's going to be in the middle of January sometime when this comes out and you know a lot of people are going to be thinking about um, you know doing a bit of a uh, New Year's resolution, maybe a bit of a reset for the new year, maybe wanted to get a a bit healthier for summer, all those sort of things often come out at this time of year. So, um, you know, obviously people can find out more about you by heading to your website, which is mysugarfreejourney.com. Um, they can see, you know, lots of pictures and, and lots of information on Instagram and Twitter at mysugarfreejourney and, and the journey is abbreviated. It's just J-R-N-Y uh, on each of those handles. Um, but you've also got a 28-day uh, restart program for people Um mysugarfreejourney.com forward slash 28 day. Um, can you just very briefly tell people what they can expect to find on that program? Sure. What what I needed to do is, is as the, the number of people that I was talking to was growing, what I really needed to do was create a program that did everything but you know chew their food for them and eat them. So I knew I needed meal plans and I knew I needed a support group and I knew I needed a way to connect with these people that needed to, to lose weight. And so what I did was I made the, our 28-day program and wh- what you get is you get uh, a weekly ketogenic meal plan and the ketogenic meal plans are low carb. So if you're just trying to cut out carbs, you're just trying to do paleo, they, these work fine for that as well. So you get a weekly uh, meal plan. Uh, you get access to a support group, a uh, Facebook support group with a bunch of other people in there all trying to lose weight and, and uh, repair their health. And you can ask questions. But, but the big thing that you get is every night at, at 8 p.m. time, uh, I go on uh, for about a half an hour and do um, do a 30-minute live um, Facebook uh, Facebook live video. And I cover one specific co- uh Topic, but I'm there answering questions and uh, you know uh, giving encouragement and whatever 
mostly it's questions. You know, if, if somebody has a question about w- what it is that they're supposed to do, they're going through the keto flu, or they have a question about this product or that product, you know, I'm there every night answering questions, which uh, we found to be a huge, huge help for uh, for the uh, people that go through it. So it's it's a 28 day program, but it resets on the first of each month. So if you if you're listening to this in the middle of January, it doesn't matter. Come on, join us. You'll you'll get the last half of the program and then start again in February. It doesn't matter. Um, there is a small charge connected to it, but it's, you know, it's not very much. And it's basically just to cover the time that it takes to make the meal plans. Cause they're, they're pretty, um, they're pretty intense or they're, they're pretty detailed. And, um, Come on and come on and join us. I'd, I'd love to have as many people in there as possible because uh, just the the fact that someone is there every night with a live video holding your hand and encouraging you that uh, has been a, a huge game changer in uh, in, a, in a lot of the uh, in a lot of the the health of the people that are, are going through the program. Oh, great work, Aaron. Yeah, I'm sure lots of people will be keen to do that and, and to. You know, once they have a look at the journey you've been through, and as I said, have a look at some of the before and after pictures. And if you think, you know, you'd like to get those sort of results, then it's definitely worth checking out mysugarfreejourney.com forward slash 28 day. Um, well done on your journey, Aaron. It's amazing to see that transformation. Um, and obviously, thank you for helping so many other people uh, make similar changes. And thanks for coming on the show. Thank you so much, Dr. Hill. This was fantastic. I'm, I'm, glad, uh, I'm glad we were able to connect. Perfect. For everyone else, until next week, join the conversation on Facebook. Give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Join our newsletter list at thatpaleoshow.com and let's help grow the paleo tribe worldwide. Join us next week on That Paleo Show. Health IQ are not just an insurer. They're a life insurance agency. They take the customer through the journey from when they submit their interest to starting an application, going through the underwriting and to enforcing the policy as well. The policy is underwritten by one of their top partners who is an insurer. So if you're in the US, see if you qualify and get your free quote today at healthiq.com forward slash paleo or mention the code paleo when you talk to your Health IQ agent. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.